You're probably familiar with the query store, but have you heard of query store hints? Learn more in this episode of Data Exposed. Hi, I'm Anna Hoffman, and welcome to this episode of Data Exposed. Today, I'm joined by Joe Sack, a Principal Program Manager on the Azure Data Team. Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do? Thank you, Anna. Good to be here. Uh, hi, my name is Joe Sack, and I am a Program Manager on the Azure SQL Database Team. And uh, my focus area for the last five years has been working with the Query Processing Team in Engineering, uh, and specifically on the Intelligent Query Processing Feature Family. And recently, our team has also been working on query store features, and uh, we'll be talking about one of those today. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. We're excited to have you here. We know you're kind of a guru in the performance <laughs> world. Uh, and today, we're going to be talking about query hints, like you kind of uh, mentioned. But I wanted to start by asking you, you know, what are query hints? Yeah, you bet. So, so uh, query hints, um, just stepping back even a little bit. Uh, if I submit a query to SQL Server or Azure SQL Database, uh, ideally everything goes well. So the query itself runs as quickly as possible. Uh, we generate a plan that's optimal and it plays well with others, meaning if you have a lot of concurrent requests, that that plays well with the other requests. And, and we know that sometimes that doesn't happen. And so developers and DBAs have the option to optimize for specific conditions. So they can add these hints to help influence behavior. There's a lot of different query hints that are available. And to do it, you actually have an option clause. And so in this example, you see I have a, a select count distinct from a fact table. And when I run it on my own server, it runs in parallel. Uh, and that's great because it runs quickly under parallel conditions. But let's say it's a lower priority query and it's slowing down other concurrent requests. Well. In this example, I have an option max stop one, and it says run this query in serial mode, which actually might slow down my query, but then it's also helpful in this, in this example scenario because I'm not slowing anybody else down. So you've got that option clause that can help influence behavior. Uh, one thing I do wanna mention is ideally query hints when you use them, they're temporary or shorter term because you want the query optimizer to have all of the choices at its disposal. But there are times where they might be very useful, especially mitigating emergencies. And uh, that's where DBAs use query hints the most. OK, cool. So it seems like you know the query optimizer is super powerful. But in certain scenarios, a DBA might want a little more control. And that's where query hints come into play. Now, if a DBA wanted to kind of you know go ahead and apply these, how do they do that? How do they set that up? Yeah, so that's that's really the trick of it then, is if, if you want to use a query hint, you need to change the text and actually add that option clause. And that implies that you have access to that query text. And oftentimes, DBAs don't have direct access to the code, or it might be hard-coded into the application, or it might be automatically generated by the application, like with ORMs. And uh, even more common is you can't make immediate changes to the code. So an example I'll be showing you shortly, um, you might have an emergency where you need to change the behavior of a query until you can do a longer term resolution or, or, or refactoring of the, of the actual statement. And so with that said, the options are either you get access to that source code or you can use something called plan guides, which have been around for years and years. 
uh, and they do allow you to apply query hints. They also allow for plan forcing, but we've heard a lot of feedback that they can be quite complex to use. And so uh, we wanted to provide a much simpler option and a much more modernized option for applying query hints. So uh, this leads to the actual subject of today, which is um, the new feature that's rolling out in uh, public preview in Azure SQL Database First. And this is called Query Store Hints. And I know, Anna, with a, a lot of your audience, people are familiar with Query Store. In case you're not, just uh, as a short uh, overview, Query Store allows you to really um, get a one-stop shop for performance tuning. It captures plans, queries, your actual execution stats, your weight stats, a lot of really helpful things. And, and we're continuing to invest in Query Store. And so what we've done is we've extended it to a feature called Query Store Hints, where if a query is captured by Query Store, we will enable a simple way for you to shape the query plans and behavior without actually changing the application code. And it's really just a two-step process. The, the first step is you look up the query ID. Uh, and I have an example here where I'm just looking up a specific query text, which I'll show you more of in a demo coming up. And you pull that query ID. I'm using the catalog views for Query Store. Uh, but you can also use SQL Server Management Studio Query Store Reports. Uh, if you're using the portal in Azure SQL Database, you can use Query Performance Insights. Uh, a lot of different ways that you can pull the query ID. But if I have a specific query ID that I want to access, in this example, I want query ID 3 that I want to apply a hint to, we've then created a new procedure, and our engineers on our team created a new system procedure called SP Query Store Set Hints. And it takes two arguments. Uh, the first argument is just the query ID that you looked up. And then the second argument is the actual hint text. So option recompile, I have an example of setting a single query hint right here, where I'm saying do a recompile each time that query gets called. Um, actually, don't reuse the existing cache plan, but uh, compile one from scratch and then uh, eject this plan. And then the second example shows where you're applying multiple hints to a query ID. So I'm setting for query ID three, max stop one, and uh, capping the max uh, grant percent to 10%, and then also doing a recompile. So I have a demo for this to, to show you how this is done end to end. And I wanna set up just the scenario a little bit first. So I'm just gonna get the demo ready. Now I have this, this data set called property. And it's a, it's a table called property that contains properties that are for sale. And they're associated with agencies or agents. So think of uh, real estate. I have you know, X millions numbers of properties that are for sale across different regions. And we have a procedure called property search by agent, which takes an input argument of agent ID. And it's used in a where clause where agent ID equals that input parameter. So we have this scenario where based on the agent you pull, show me all the properties that are associated with that agent. Uh, but we're setting up a classic parameter sensitive plan issue scenario because depending on the frequency or the number of properties associated with the agent, you might have a, a plan that's optimal or a plan that was cached that's not optimal for all variations. And I, I'm going to show you an example of this. Uh, if we look at the agent ID, and we look at the stats associated with it, we can see that there's pretty jagged distributions. So we see, for example, agents one and two have many different properties for sale. These are actually agencies that cross multiple regions. 
And then we have many different agents that really only have a handful of properties for sale. So the problem steps in where once I compile this procedure, we're going to have one compiled plan that has to accommodate both scenarios with a low number of rows and with a high number of rows. And so I have two calls that I'm going to show. Um, one is Property Search 101, which has 100,000 rows, and one for an agent number four, um, which has just a few rows. And if I execute this, it'll, it'll run pretty quickly, but they'll both use the same plan. So we see this first result set has 100,000 rows. Second result set has uh, just a few rows, three rows, but they both use the same plan. And you can see the query execution plan just has different assumptions baked into it. Because we executed it for the 100,000 row scenario, we see things like clustered index scan instead of like a key lookup. Uh, we see that we're using parallelism. Uh, in terms of the memory grant, we're seeing that we have a 17 megabyte memory grant. And then this same exact cache plan is now used for that small number of uh, agent listing properties that you see afterwards. So it's overkill, especially if most of our agent calls are for just a small number of rows, we're in the classic parameter sensitive plan scenario. So getting to query store hints, uh, you are a DBA, you've been asked to help mitigate this issue until we can refactor the store procedure and, and put it through dev to QA to prod. And so we'll look up the query ID using query store catalog views. And we see that the query ID is number three. And I'm going to plug that into my call to SP query store set hints. And I have my hint of recompiles. This is basically saying for each call to this query, we want you to compile a new plan. And this, by the way, this is kind of the nature of query hints. If you don't know your data and your system well enough, you don't want to add a hint like this because you might be bound by CPU right now, or the compilation time might be too much if you're calling it too frequently. But in our scenario, we have enough traffic where it's safe to do it for a little while. I'm going to create the query store hint, and we have a new catalog view called sys.querystorequeryHints that shows us what we just created. So I can take a look and confirm that it was created. And just three things I want to show you. Um, we have our query hint text and our associated query ID. We have our last query hint failure reason and our failure count. And then we have this concept of source. So right now this is a user source. I created this query store hint, but watch this space because we're actually gonna start building intelligent QP features on top of query store hints. So we're gonna actually have that uh, infrastructure now set up uh, that could be used for things like um, we announced the public preview of cardinality estimator feedback, which will use query store hints behind the scenes. So I have the query store hint. I'm gonna re-execute the two calls to the procedure. And we're going to get the same results set back, um, 100,000 rows, three rows. But the difference you're going to see now is that the second plan is a different plan. So we're not reusing that plan. Our hint has been applied. And now we see and we sniff the parameter and go, oh, there's only three rows. So we're going to use a key lookup instead of a scan. And we're going to do a serial plan instead of parallelism. And we're going to do a much smaller memory grant, a one megabyte memory grant. And then just to finish this up, if uh, once you've refactored your store procedure, you can go ahead and um, execute SP query store clear hints with a query ID of three. And then we should see that this is cleared out. And then now ideally you have this longer term solution implemented in production. 
Cool. Wow, Joe. That was really cool. Uh, really cool in that specific scenario, how easily you can kind of apply it if you know what you're doing. And I liked kind of the precautionary uh, words that you were saying there. You know, I think kind of related to that, can you tell us some more about, you know, what behaviors we should think about or folks should think about as they go to implement this? You bet, you bet. So so a few things just to consider while this is in public preview. Um, first of all, uh, we will be supporting the majority of query hints that are available today. There are a few exceptions that we'll document or that we have documented. Uh, and some of them will be things that will land by general availability and some we might not ever end up implementing like uh, plan forcing. We want you to use query store plan forcing as an example. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Second thing is that these are persistent. These query store hints are going to survive restarts. They'll, they're part of your backup. They're part of a failover, so they will stick around. Uh, and also they're the final say. So if you add a query store hint and you have a statement that already has embedded hints in it, or you have a plan guide, the query store hint will win over those. So they'll be the final say. So you wanna be careful of what you actually um, add when you add it, uh, making sure that that's really the behavior that you want. And then last thing I just want to mention on, on just behavior is if there's a contradiction, let's say you're picking a join algorithm that your statement is unable to accommodate, like we're unable to form a plan that accommodates that, that suggested hint. Um, we will not ever fail your query because of that. Instead, what we'll do is we'll raise the failure information to the catalog view, and then we'll allow your query to execute without the query hint being applied. And this is similar to the philosophy for query store plan forcing, where we want to do no harm to actual execution in case there's bad guidance that's been applied. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. This is really useful. And, you know, I think throughout this video, you kind of told us a lot about what query hints are, how we can apply them. You actually showed us a great scenario for where these can be used and how they can be used. Uh, and then some more information about the behavior. You know, if we kind of take a step back as people start to think about this a little bit more, uh, what are some of the like primary use cases that you think DBAs or users are going to use query hints for? Yeah, so the way I would think about this feature all up is, is just think of it as a short-term way to mitigate issues. It's easy to apply fixes using this technique. Um, and there's lots of scenarios that people use query hints for today. So it's the same kind of coverage that you'll see with query store hints. So you saw an example where we could do max stop one or recompile, but there's other advanced scenarios like uh, optimize for unknown, or if there's a query that doesn't run well under the default cardinality estimator, using that legacy cardinality estimator instead. So short-term, easy to apply fix while you mitigate the long-term issue. We know that there'll be some customers that will wanna use this on a longer-term basis and they certainly can, but just know that as a general rule of thumb, it's good to let the query processor learn from time as stats change and conditions change and indexes are dropped and created. You want that flexibility. You don't wanna tie the query optimizer's hands. But we know that there are always exceptions, and this is a mechanism for you to apply those exceptions. And one thing I just want to mention with wrapping up is uh, uh, if you have feedback along the way, whether it's positive, negative, neutral, uh, ideas for uh, other versions, we would love to hear from you. We have an email alias on this, qshintsfeedback at microsoft.com. And this will go to me and, and to also uh, Rajneesh and Reed, who are the engineers that, that worked on this feature. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. This has been really useful. And we will put a, a link to that email address in the description and a link to, to kind of get more information on how to try this out. 
Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, for our viewers, thanks for joining us as well. If you like this video, go ahead and like our video, subscribe to our channel, leave us a comment and let you know what let us know what you think about query store hints. And we hope to see you next time on Data Exposed. Mm -hmm.